Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus gives it to his disciples straight. The hour has come. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, to be crucified. The hour has come to judge the world by his death. And what will this world believe concerning the Son of Man, concerning the Christ? Jesus' Palm Sunday is a day of mixed emotions. He enters Jerusalem with a great multitude crying out their hosannas, a word that means save us now. But do the crowds know what they are asking for as they cry out, save us now? Do they know that now is Jesus' soul troubled? Now is the judgment of their world. Now is Satan, their beloved father of lies, to be cast out. Do they know what they are crying out for, asking for? Our Palm Sunday is a day of mixed emotions, too. Do we know what we ask of Jesus when we cry out to the Lord? Palm Sunday puts into perspective the hosannas we cry as we pray for the presence of Jesus in our lives. Since even in the midst of trouble, we are still tempted to turn away from the glory of the Father and love the glory that comes from man more. Our fallen nature is persuaded by urgent pleasures and comfort. The now of instant gratification, the now of likes and hearts, the now of constant entertainment, the now of emotional persuasion. But where is the now of faith's conviction and witness? The now of being light in the midst of a dark world, living in the now of Christ, and denying the now of the world. The Palm Sunday procession of Jesus riding into Jerusalem and toward his death can be perceived from three different vantage points, from the world, the devil, and our sinful nature. And Jesus addresses each of these today and gives us a good picture of what ought to be our focus in these final days leading up to Easter. The Pharisees, as we encounter them in the text, while wildly oblivious to their own faults, are at least perceptive on this one point. The world cannot help but the trail after Jesus. After coming to grips that no one was actually listening to anything that they were saying, they lamented to each other, Look, the world has gone after him. But following Jesus purely in the worldly way is a dead end. That the Pharisees with the rest of the world could not distinguish between. Even today, the world is self-serving. It doesn't occur to the blind leading the blind that loving this life alone is self-serving. In fact, it is totally mainstream to live life to the fullest, to live your truth, to live life like what you have lasts. But it doesn't. Nothing you have lasts, especially your own life. Jesus teaches his disciples to hate this life in this world, to hate his life in this world 
and doing so will keep it for eternal life. A ludicrous thing to our ears, and I just digress, but we're led to believe more and more each day that the world hates hating and haters like this, like Christ and his Christians, even though reflectively the world is a bunch of hating haters. Regardless, the point Jesus makes is that to really love life, to live to the fullest, and to live in real truth is to be dictated by service to Christ, to follow him where witness meets Calvary. Meaning we confess, we confess Christ crucified for sinners while we ourselves are under the same cross of Jesus. So we do not treasure this worldly life with its worldly ways, but are hopeful for a new heaven and a new earth, a new world where we with God live eternally and actually faithfully together. The next vantage point in viewing Jesus' riding into Jerusalem is from the devil's vantage point, his perspective. His view is far more nuanced. His view is far more grounded than the world's view. Another thing that kind of sounds strange to our ears. But that's just the way he likes it. You see, the devil is well aware how sociable people are, how much they crave another's attention, how eager they are toward good vibes, and still how murderous we can become. His view is more realistic because he actually believes God exists, even while he sows doubt in the world. His view is to keep the world in decay and dumb and numb to what is true. He is the ideal self-preservationist. And he has sacrificed many to this cause of his and intends to lead even more astray. And make no mistake, he has no regrets to both serve and to drink the poison punch of unbelief. He has a cult leader's mentality because he is a cult leader. And he leads the world toward his own destruction because that's what cult leaders do. They don't actually love the ones they lead. They just say they do. He cannot help but to destroy the world since the world means nothing to him but God-like power. To this evil one, Jesus calls his number. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So while the devil plays with the world's allegiance, Jesus rides toward Jerusalem. Jesus rides towards his own death in order to be lifted up from the earth, that by his cross he would draw all people to himself. We are not pawns to Jesus, as the devil asserts himself in our own lives and views us as such, as pawns. We are not pawns to Jesus, a means to his own authority. But we are people loved by God, people worth being redeemed. And Jesus willfully sacrifices himself for our salvation, that he may draw us all to him. And this leads us to our last vantage point, our sinful nature. What is Jesus saying specifically to you and to me 
about this journey to Jerusalem? Well, Jesus specifically says, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. What Jesus is saying is that with him there is light in the midst of darkness. That's assumed. That with him there is true love. But to live in darkness is to want and have everything that satisfies your flesh, but not your soul. Darkness is the soul-crushing harlot of objects, the objectification of things and people. St. John writes how consuming this darkness is that rages within us, that corrupts us to our core, that although Jesus had done many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. That is to say, ordinary people did not believe in Jesus, even though what he said and did were extraordinary. Within you and within me is this darkness that sees and knows the extraordinary things of God, but fights against it. Unbelief ravages the lives of people the world over, and it has been this way since man first turned his back against God. But this is not the whole story. Today's gospel is not simply about the vantage points of the world, the devil, or our sinful nature. Today's message is about the cross and the journey toward Jerusalem in order to die on that cross. About the son whose death sets us free. Today's message is about the greatness of evil being overcome with the great God of salvation. The message is to show how not the world, not the devil, and not our sinful nature can withstand the presence and persistence of Jesus' love for you and for the world. The ride into Jerusalem is a suicide mission to the eyes of those who are self-serving, self-preserving, and sinful by nature. But to Jesus, but to Jesus, the ride into Jerusalem is a mission of love. In the end, the vantage points of the world, the devil, and our sinful nature do not matter at all. Only the love of God for sinners. Only repentance and faith in the one riding in to save the day. Only in Jesus do our hosannas ring out with confidence in the one who is truly able to save us from our sins. Only by the love of Jesus for sinners is our hope complete. I love our Old Testament text today. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, on the fowl of a donkey. Especially those words. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. For who else but for you? Now is your time of rejoicing. Forgiveness has come to you in Christ from the righteous king 
whose salvation is everlasting and true. Today, the time of Jesus' troubled soul is past. So we will complete this Lenten journey of ours in view of that King who alone has glor- who was glorified by dying and rising from the dead. We will taste the victory of Christ as he continues to take his victory and make it ours by grace. We will no longer be driven by the fear of darkness with no hope, but we will have hope in Jesus, the one who gives us an escape from any and all darkness that we struggle with. We have on this Palm Sunday the certain reminder of God's love, despite so many mixed emotions at war within us, that for you, for you, Jesus rode into Jerusalem to answer that Hosanna cry of every captive soul. Save us now, so that you can say, with certainty for yourself and the world, with faith and trust, that not only does the word Hosanna mean, save us now, but in Jesus, that has come to pass. He has done it. He has brought salvation to you and for you through his death and through his resurrection. Amen.